It's the Off Good Clip Family Podcast. Hey everybody, on today's episode of the Off Grid Prep Family, we're talking about family considerations for prepping and off-grid living. Plan as you may, it's a lot harder to live off-grid than just pitching a tent and living off hot dogs and granola until your house is built. In this episode, we'll talk about family considerations when you're going off-grid or when you're prepping. Now, when you're living off the grid, uh, you have to take into consideration doing laundry without a washing machine, um, getting water without a tap, eating healthy without packaged meals, disposing of black waste (laughs) uh, safely, and a lot more. And once you realize how much there is to think about, it could be scary, but with the right knowledge, it's entirely possible. Yeah. If you're moving to your off-grid property, uh, whether you're in the prairies or the jungle, you have to put your highest three priorities in order. Yep. Shelter, water, food. Yep. Uh, we're going to go into more depth about that, but for now, why don't you tell me about when we arrived at our property, sight unseen, mm-hmm. in an RV with no tools and very rusty skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was rusty. I hadn't. We've been living the easy time. life on the West Coast, wow. and living off grid on the West Coast is very different it than living off grid in the forest. Easy. It was a different <laughs> kind of hard, and a really a worse kind of hard. You That's know? true. Worrying about that four thousand dollar a month rent bill. Yeah. That was yeah. a big. If big you're going to play mortgage and rent yeah. and utilities and taxes and. It's easier to live somewhere cheaper and just worry about. Yeah, at least it lets us like. It gives us space to think about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when we first got our property, um, you know, we were getting, uh, we got water at the grocery store, mm-hmm. like drinking water. We didn't have our Berkey set up yet. Well, we didn't have any water except pond water. We had a Berkey, but we had nothing to put in We it. had no water, yeah. and the creek water was we really were, skeezy. We were going to wreck really our Berkey yeah. pretty quick, putting that creek water in there yeah. because we've got a well, lot it did. of it plugged fertilizer. Up. We, we tried it. it. Yeah, the algae. Yeah. Um, so our, our first thing, obviously, was um, shelter. Yeah. And so... We had the RV. We had the RV, but, but it was... for a big family, really hot. it was pretty tight. It yeah. was pretty hot. We, were, we had these little disco bed, bunk beds that yep. every morning we would take down. Mm-hmm. And I broke my finger one day right. taking them down. They're so brutal. They were really heavy. Who designed those things? I think it's one of those old designs. Yeah. Um, the... Um, what was I going to say? So arriving, we came with like basically no tools because you'd kind of had a cushy job for a while. I did, yeah. And I, we were moving across the country and mm-hmm. every pound counts. It did, yeah. So we had a sawzall and a drill mm-hmm. and some very basic things. Yeah. And everything we owned was crammed into this RV that we also had to fit five children in at the time, I yeah, guess it was. Yeah, at the time it was five. Yeah. And so we arrived, we kind of could figure out where our driveway was supposed to be, but it was so overgrown, you had to cut down trees. Yeah. And it took us three days, I think, to get up the driveway, because Um, there was actual trees growing in the driveway. No, it took us three days just to get off the road, like into the bush, bush and and another week to get up there, so... 
first I have to cut you off oh, to talk right. about Thrive Life freeze-dried food. Uh, we use Thrive Life for everything long-term food storage and for our quick meals and snacks when we're kind of running behind in life. If you use the referral code on our friends and affiliates page, you get a 15% discount on your first order if you visit offgridprepfamily.com forward slash friends. Nice. Pretty yummy. Yeah, okay. good stuff. So, anyways. So once we got our shelter down, um, uh, to that, the was point, the basic that was shelter. the basic shelter, and it, it was not going to last long. No, you and have to so think about size, especially yeah. if it's not just the two of you, and yeah. there's kids. Even with people. two children, and, and they didn't have proper facilities. Um, I poked a, I cracked the black water tank mm -hmm. coming up, and even if I was going to use the black water tank and not a proper septic system, it, I'm just going to have to empty it. So this is a disgusting, unhealthy job. Week, it's gross. So we uh, were lucky we had a little cabin that was on the property. If you can find land that has a ramshackle Any structure. something. This was totally ramshackle. It didn't have proper walls. It was an A-frame. It was they didn't listed as a teardown shed and somehow. It pretty much was, but yeah. it was new enough. Mm -hmm. The materials, like the roof was only 10 or 12 years mm -hmm. old. So that was a real plus. And it, it had a roof. It was basically a tent yeah. of a structure. And so we... Um, I would definitely also, if you have land that's cheap that you've bought and you don't have a structure, get some wall tents. We've lived in wall tents before. They're awesome. They're awesome. The only problem with the wall tent for us was so the first night that we spent, in, or maybe it was the second night, oh. we just took our mattresses. All we did was clean the structure. It was full of a bunch of old clothes. Raccoon, and poop. And it wasn't a lot of poop. Maybe shotgun some shells. Yeah, there was shotgun shells. <laughs> that was super weird. A lot of shotgun shells, which is odd for Canada. Well, yeah. I mean, there's not really any hunting where no, we you, are. You so that, that was a weird thing. There's no large animals on our island. So what are you shooting? So, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, so we decided this thing was, the floor was like the ocean waves because mm -hmm. they just put it on random cinder block mm -hmm. piers. Like it didn't have any kind of proper foundation. Uh, they used two by sixes, uh, like as the floor joists, and they just didn't know how to put the thing on any kind of a proper yeah. footing. So it was just like wavy. It like was wavy. Like you'd roll I into each other. I walked up here with the kids, yeah. with the baby and the baby carrier, ducking under fallen trees mm -hmm. and going around like literally huge maple trees that were like in the middle of the driveway. Mm -hmm. And we stumbled on this cabin and this whole thing was my idea. It was kind <laughs> of my money. I bought this land, sight unseen, <laughs> made you move across the country, and I thought, he's going to be so mad, because the floor was like an ocean. It was bad. It was, it was bad. bad. But we fixed it. Um, it we didn't we take moved a in. lot. No, the, the first stage, uh, this is getting into the, still talking about primary shelter. Mm -hmm. The first thing we did, because it was getting so hot in the trailer at night, uh, it was coming in to July, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, the first thing we did was clean it out, sweep it out. Um, I think I had a shop vac. No. No. Anyway, we cleaned well, it out. We threw everything off the back deck and then we um, we went and uh, got a patio door from the hardware. Because it didn't have a... It didn't have a wall. It just had yeah. plywood sheets all nailed together with old antique windows. I'm surprised they didn't blow out mm -hmm. now. It's impressive, really. So we, we got it livable with a patio door and a door and, and some studs, and we, we moved in 
I use the term loosely, we took our, our mattresses, mattresses and air mattresses we just laid them out on the floor those for us and the kids. Those little self-inflating mattresses are so great. They're great. We had those for years, actually. Yeah. The kids only recently got real mattresses, real mattresses just yeah. when we built this new wing. Yeah. It was like a little treat. Mm-hmm. And that was our primary residence. And eventually we renovated it and we put in, um, we put it on a proper foundation. Yeah. We put a kitchen in it, yeah. a full kitchen, sink, everything. Uh, I put in a gray water tank and then as... Uh, We've said before we use the shavings and bucket method. That's what we did. And that's what we did for almost two years. Now we're putting in real septic. One day you'll be able to get it on Airbnb if one of our kids doesn't move into it. Yeah, yeah, it's a great little structure now. But if you don't buy a property with some kind of structure, I would, even if you have an RV... It doesn't last some long. Kind of yeah. something like a little Amish shed, a cabin. Uh, I would kind of warn you against log cabins. Um, number one for insulation, but number two, the amount of trees you have to harvest to build a cabin. Yeah, and the type of trees. You better have a lodgepole pine forest. Some really good trees. If Cedars, you, maybe. You'd probably make more money selling those trees and building a proper house. Yeah, and the R value, the insulation yeah. is just. You can visit a site, it's called True Log, and they can help you calculate how many logs you need to build the size of cabin that you want. For example, if you want to build a 20 by 24 cabin, you need 44 10 inch logs just for the walls. Wow. That's a lot of trees, right? Uh, wow. You could do straw how big bale, of, How big of a cabin was that? 20 by 24. 20 by 24. That's pretty tiny. And with 44 how trees. And how many trees did the first wing take? Because I, I built that with post and beam out of our trees. I thought it was trees. 22, but it included the roof, and this doesn't include the roof. Oh, so yeah, so we, to, to build a thirteen or 1,400 square foot straw bale, straw bale structure with post and beam mm-hmm. uh, rafters and, and posts. It was 22 trees. It was 22 trees they that I milled up. all that big. They, were, they were 12 inch at the base, 14 inch at the base. Yeah, and then some straw bales from the neighbor. Yeah. If you don't live somewhere where they grow wheat or something, then you know. Yeah, I think ours is oat straw. You gotta adapt to your area. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can do straw bale cob or earthship, and we have those coming up. If you want to listen to episode fifteen for more about building your own home, we also have in-depth episodes about alternative building methods coming up in season two. But those things take longer. Yeah. It's not gonna be quick and easy, and you probably won't have it done by the winter. Um, I would I would recommend getting something up even if it's just like one of those metal shops just so you have room especially mm-hmm. if you have kids and that will allow you to build your dream house slow and steady and without debt yes slow and steady is best yeah absolutely with and cash, without debt if you own the land under you and the roof above you no one can touch you we still haven't finish the drywall in our ceilings it's fine Nobody it's cares. totally fine <laughs> I, i'd like it to look pretty it one adds no days we'll have trim one yep. of these days it'll be great and we've built off-grid houses before mm-hmm. and i know that enough to know that when you finally get it done it doesn't really make all that much of a difference to your daily life anyways no size can be a factor if you have a family 
we just have a boys bedroom a girls bedroom and a master bedroom and that's really nice especially if you have teenagers yeah they're large rooms sharing rooms yeah the kids rooms are bigger than ours yeah but the girls and boys share our oldest is um 17 he's 17 and a half now yeah and um he wants to get out he it doesn't he, he's not totally uncomfortable he's got a little desk in his bed and his bed's elevated yeah. and he's got his own side of the room but I'd he's we can tell so that he's yeah, he's ready for more so we are planning to maybe put him into the cottage yeah. uh, or put a second story on our planned garage yeah. we're not sure yet but those are definitely considerations um i would say just to wrap up the topic of shelter mm. try not to do temporary structures if you can avoid it yeah if you need to get something up quick make it something that you can use as your garage or your shop or rent out later for some income yeah we're really not fans of throwing any effort or money into things that are temporary because that's a really easy pit to fall into especially it is. homesteading and off-grid and if you, if you don't build it well like the cottage that we we worked on i put a really great foundation under it it's a on on concrete pads with posts and treated posts and laminated beams and it'll be that way for decades mm -hmm. you know like it's it's a great structure now and we can use it for anything yeah. so when you're building a structure do your best to do it proper like don't yeah. build a tinny you know, little shed because yeah. it's going to be a problem later yeah uh okay let's talk about laundry yeah because you're the laundry man i am the, the man laundry in the man house now. do our laundry yeah i don't know how i pulled that off <sighs> we can't cook <laughs> no we don't we just don't i mean i can cook but the not men like in our house handle all the laundry we do yeah. okay laundry short term mm -hmm. you can wash your hands your hand wash your clothes in a bucket with you can. soapy water or you can take them to the laundry mat it is expensive and hand washing clothes just doesn't get them as clean no and no. if you're going to use a washboard that does get men's white socks very clean but i yeah, that personally was weird. would not want to do that for a no, long no you spend half your day doing it we've used a lot of the little gizmos you know the uh, plunger and a bucket we've mm -hmm. done the travels with Charlie's charlie search of america yep. put it in the back of your truck none of it's as good as a washing machine especially a front load because it hardly takes any water yeah we've had a front load washer that we bought used when we first moved here mm -hmm. um i've replaced a few parts on it the main control board but it's i don't know 10 12 years old i don't know yeah. how old it is and we still have the same one yeah we've thought about getting a new one yeah but that's one of those things where um just a standard front load washing machine yeah. is the absolute miles away the best choice yeah as far as electric dryers you can run one off grid if you just want to i guess do it when the sun is shining and you're charged yeah, yeah we have before. we've done that before or if you really just like your fluffy white towels just run your generator for that 45 minutes and get yeah. your fluffy white towels but that's a convenience thing. i would yeah sort of a princessy thing i could see it oh totally i whatever. would i could go for some fluffy towels but i would totally recommend at least at first just get a really good quality clothesline mm -hmm. with a few lines run on it so yep. you don't have to take off the wet stuff to hang you know whatever yeah and really good quality clothes pins try to practice this before you move off grid because there's kind of an art to it but eventually you figure out how to hang all your clothes so that they dry quickly i was gonna say the art to it uh with our laundry 
Um, we still have an inside clothesline. Yeah. It's gaudy. It, I try it, and take it down when I'm not using it. It rains a lot here. It like does. It rains every on month. On an island in the ocean, yeah. it rains constantly. And if it rains, we still need to wash diapers. We do. We need to wash laundry every day. People wearing clothes. Yep. We lit a fire in the evening just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um. It wasn't cold. It was just humid. It was just really humid and yeah. rainy. I call it the wood-fired clothes dryer. Yeah. It's it's not elegant but it works yep okay i've got a minute can you tell me about waste in one minute or less getting rid of waste no i can't i can tell you that we used to use the bucket uh-huh. when we moved in here we put uh, in septic the first phase we couldn't afford real septic yep. we had to fix that later yeah so what we did is we buried a tote in the ground we ran our black water pipe from our one and only toilet Mm-hmm. straight out to the tote and then we uh, put a couple of uh, water per- I don't know how to describe it you yeah. put pipe there's there's plans online on instructables yeah. where they use rain barrels mm-hmm. we used a tote it worked great mm-hmm. for the first two years eventually we put a real tank in mm-hmm. but for that $200 that I spent on material and we hand dug it in I got us a real septic system that probably would have lasted for years yeah and like the the bucket system is fine. Yeah. If it's only one or two of you, I could see that working long term. Yeah, totally. But I want to be able to live off grid in my eighties or nineties and yeah. nobody wants to be an octogenarian. That's our pursuit here is dumping to, to be comfortable. Buckets. Yes. No. So every single month I try and make life a little bit easier. Yeah. A little less physically demanding, a little more automated and simple. We got a pasta maker this week. Yeah. I can roll out pasta, that's no problem, but this is easier, it's yeah. faster. And waste is important. It, it it's is. Because then you don't have to think about it. Yeah. I would I would definitely say try to figure out your waste systems, even your compost and your trash and recycling. Figure that out almost first because people can really build up a lot of compost and remember really quickly. all of the things that are su- the way you're, quote, supposed to do it, these things have only been in play for the last generation mm-hmm. or two tops. Yeah. We bought our kitchen cabinets when we moved in. We bought them used from a gentleman who had bought a tiny little house in the next town. And he was describing because we were t- we were, I think we were working on our septic. Mm-hmm. I think we were still on a bucket we had then. Just got here. So the topic came up and he said he laughed and he said you know, when I bought this house, I asked the guy about the septic system, and the guy said, I don't know, I think it's just a bucket out back, or a barrel out back. And even 50, 60 years ago... In town. In town, this was a... septic on a bucket. This was a normal thing. Yeah. I don't know how often they had to muck the bucket out, but... um, I guess the he got away with it, and I guess he, most of well, the this is what houses most, in yeah. the town were running into a fifty-gallon yes. barrel. Septic fields, massive, hugely expensive septic fields yeah. are these are brand new, and you get kind of used to the if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it oh, down. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, what we're getting at is the actual costs of the thing. But just the amount of drinkable yeah. water that you're flushing every day just don't oh, it's flush ridiculous. it unless it needs to be flushed and yeah. then your septic system can yeah. last that much longer it's so many layers to do things the conventional way of money that if you stick to conventional methods you'll have a $500,000 mortgage in no time at all yeah. and everything will just be a disaster yeah. 
we have to break for our second sponsor today, which is, of course, EMP Shield. It protects any device that you plug into from an EMP, a CME, or a lightning strike. They have units for your car, your generator, and your whole home. And if you use code OGPF, you can get $50 off any unit. I thought that seems kind of pie in the sky pretend, all hope that but they works. really seem to know what they're doing. Yeah, and yeah. the military ordered a bunch of them. So yeah, we'll so they've actually, that. yeah, we're going to run with that. <laughs> okay, next we're going to talk about water. Eventually your aqua tabs and water filtration tablets are going to run out. Yep. And your best bet is probably a Berkey. Yeah, you have to get a Berkey. You could also yep. buy water bottles or like those big bottles. We did that for the first yeah, year from the grocery store. Pretty expensive long term. It's very expensive. Uh, you can blow out your filters, but eventually you're going to have to buy new filters. Yep. Uh, and then we're going to talk about food. For each person in your family, we're going to recommend at least 500 square feet of garden. Mm -hmm. This is if you're trying to just grow the majority of your own food. Yeah. We want to get at least six to eight dwarf fruit trees because they produce more quickly. Apples, cherries. Yeah. Yep. Twelve berry bushes or vines like blackberries, raspberries, grapes. We've had great success with vines here. Yeah. Saskatoon berries, whatever grows well in your area. Which we learned, our Saskatoons do not grow it's, well here. It's too hot here. I, th I almost think it's too humid. Yeah. You got to use trial and error. Yeah. Where, we've, where we got them from was a very dry climate. Yeah. Where we bought them from. Uh, per person, I'm going to say four asparagus crowns and start with the crowns, not the seed, but also by the seed. Yep. Plant the seed by your crowns and then yeah. you have a huge bump in asparagus patch Asp really quickly. Asparagus was one of those things that you kind of demanded. I insisted upon it. And I'm so glad you did. We've been eating it all spring. It's this been is the from May third year? July. Third year, This right? is our third year with yep. the asparagus. The second season was pretty pretty good. Like the yep. next... The first yeah. season we got some. Second season was okay. This season, every single day, the kids are coming in with so much asparagus, handfuls and handfuls, that we're just all sick of it. It often sits in that jar on the counter for two mm -hmm. or three days. And you can keep it in the jar on you the can. counter, like a bunch of flowers. Yeah, and it, it stays. Just, it just it keeps it growing, grows, which is kind of freaky. <laughs> it but is whatever. Very freaky. Great plant. One rhubarb plant for per person, yeah. and just divide them when they get big. And we want you to really focus on perennial vegetables, like yes. the Welsh bunching onions, asparagus, oregano, rhubarb, stuff that keeps coming back, stuff you don't have to think about year after year, and try to put your perennials all in one area yeah. so that you can kind of rotate the rest of your crops around them. Also, you don't have to keep buying seed every year for mm -hmm. those crops, which is very important. Yeah, even the dill, it's yep. not a perennial, but it reseeds. It does. So we have yep. our dill beside our oregano because it just comes back. Honestly. It's it's everywhere it this year. It comes back everywhere. <laughs> I had a really good year last year. Yeah. Uh, the protein factor gets more efficient the larger the family you have. That's true, actually. Yeah. Because yeah, chickens the scale. for meat, the chickens for eggs. Yep. Even keeping some larger animals like wiener pigs or a steer becomes way more efficient and more cost effective when you have more. Mm -hmm. uh, with our family of nine, we need twenty hens keep us in eggs reliably and for enough for us to keep for the winter when they're not laying as well. Yep. We need about 80 meat birds, just if you're looking for numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether, you know, ducks, chickens, whatever. Uh, that's about perfect for us for a year. For a year, yep. 
and we take about one beef per year if it's a large one. If it's a kind of smaller beef, we need one beef for a year, and then we need a couple little top-ups that this we is, get. This is a whole pound. cow you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of need one other protein source, whether it's like another half a cow or a whole pork or some lambs or just some cheap meat that you get on flash food and throw in your freezer. Mm-hmm. Love flash food. Yeah. We, we just did flash food two days ago. Mm-hmm. We got a whole bunch of um, weird portion cheese, but like... It must have been 15 pounds worth. Some cool, like, fancy dry salami. Fancy dry salami. Oh, some weird little single-serve cheeses that were, like, really strong Kind of like Baby Bell. It's that yep. Anthony Bourdain cheese where he says, if it doesn't smell a little offensive, he's not interested. Yeah. We get a lot of that on Flash Food. A lot of weird stuff, yeah. <laughs> Queer stuff. If you want to try Flash Food and get $5 off, check out our Friends and Affiliates yep. page. If you want to see what our planting plan looks like for our family, as far as like the number of plants, the number of seeds, what it takes to mm-hmm. not really have to use the grocery store a lot for produce, there is a copy of that on our Patreon login page. You mm. can edit it or you can just start from square one with what we have. Uh, just as far as quantity, if both of our freezers are completely bursting by Thanksgiving, I know we're right about there. Yeah, that we're still emptying the freezers out. Yeah. Yeah, so. we maybe went a little bit overboard, yes, you know, last year, but we're close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a good place to be and when the economy is where it's at. <coughs> our freezers, just to provide context or size, uh, one of our freezers is quite easily the largest residential deep freeze I've ever encountered in my mm-hmm. life. I didn't know they were this big. You could fit a half a dozen kids in there. It is ridiculous. They liked to sit in They there. demanded it. <laughs> they wanted to crawl in and because it has a light in it before it's we plugged fun. it in. It was hilarious. Anyway, our other freezer is a uh, shamefully small apartment deep freeze. Yeah, that's what we That was all we could physically system. fit yeah. in the cottage. Mm-hmm. And so between the two, I think we have two normal size deep freezes. Yeah. So that's, if you're wondering how to size. quantity of food for a large family. Yep. You can uh, edit that down as you see me. Yeah. So you have about two and a half minutes to tell me whatever you want to tell me about setting up your off-grid property and prepping for a family. Yeah. I, I really want to go into a little more detail about our first property, our cottage, mm-hmm. because we did so many quick experiments there like the the hand well drilling yeah um the way we set it up was we couldn't fit water storage so if you have a small structure Mm -hmm. and more than two people you have to fit a fairly decent amount of water storage Mm -hmm. in the structure and we couldn't fit anything in so what we keep it from freezing if you live somewhere north so um kind of expanding on first what we did is put the house on a proper foundation and that involved um, strategically pouring concrete pads mm-hmm. in uh, two lines. So this is an A-frame. Mm-hmm. So we realized we needed to put um, two long beams under it from end to end because the joists were going in the same line as the rafters. So you can picture, picture looking at this triangle from one end and seeing a bunch of horizontal joists so we know we needed two long beams at you know one-third points and quarter points 
Quarter points. You're right. You work on the you're the AT. Yeah. I, I'm just the okay. engineer. Anyway, you're, you're just. The I'm not a mechanical or structural the, engineer at you're all. The grunt. <laughs> I'm the grunt. <laughs> and so anyway, we put these pads in. We measure them out. It was really fairly easy to do. This thing was already a few feet in the air. It was like you know what it was like a trailer on blocks. It was the exact same thing. But it was so nerve wracking. Oh, it was, it was so because these I feel blocks like it were was at sort of angles. Baptism by fire. As yeah. far as like feeling like we knew what there was to know living off grid after doing it for so many years mm -hmm. and then coming into a completely new situation totally new we had never dealt with that kind of a situation where I we would needed never to put have a foundation built an a frame frankly no they're horrible they're awful it's all roof it's all slopey walls it's I don't just understand. walls you end up with all these little cavities but of it's wasted really space cute oh it's cute it's only it's adorable. Like a single person or a couple you, it's super cute you end up with a surprisingly small amount of walkable space usable space it's awful if I, you've ever dodged around your spouse in an <laughs> rv for a long amount of time yeah. an a-frame is just like that. it's just like that so we put this thing on a foundation which as i mentioned was post treated posts on concrete pads and what we did is we uh we lifted it up with uh 10 ton or 12 ton bottle jacks mm -hmm. little hand jacks from princess auto they were 50 bucks right so i'm trying to describe how little money we spent and uh and we got we this thing on the foundation outside and we put the water outside and we built a pal roof greenhouse around it on the south facing side which was awesome we got the best tomato crop we've probably ever had out of it that was. greenhouse yep the gray water went into the greenhouse mm -hmm. and the fresh water was stored in the greenhouse yep. and it never froze never froze there was one month when I had to uh, put a little Mr. Buddy propane heater in oh, there. Oh, right. That, those are That great. second January, yeah, I Mr. had to buy Buddy's. one of those and run that little heater in we'll there. We'll put those on I forgot about the Mr. Buddy. Because those great are invaluable thing. when you're getting set up. Yeah, it's a ceramic-based heater, and it was fantastic. So that's what we did. We put yeah. the water tanks outside, and we put it in a, we'll call it a quasi-heated greenhouse. Yeah. And it was great. And it was great and worked really well. It was super cozy. Yeah, and that and was once our... you have fresh water and your bucket toilet and where yeah. to put the water, then you're good to go. Then you you're can good. do the fancy you can, thing. Well, you can, you're not good to go. You can move on to the next <laughs> challenge. But the getting That's that... That's what off-grid's all about. It moving really on is. to the next challenge. Yeah, sort of like prepping. Our challenge this year is fitting uh, into the budget, um, getting our pool filled. Mm -hmm. There's never quite enough rainwater. We've got a, about yeah. a 12,000 gallon in-ground pool and I think there's about 4,000 gallons in it now just from rainwater. But we're starting to come into the hot months mm -hmm. and I don't think we're going to make it. So we got to consider spending a few water. hundred dollars on a truck buying full of water. Buying water hurts my soul <laughs> almost as much as buying rocks. Yeah. You know how some people pay for rocks in their yeah. landscaping? That just, oh. But I it's an absurdity it. of, of modern civilization. Like for only three hundred dollars mm -hmm. i pay this guy who's got a hundred gallon a minute well like this is a water company yes to drive the water they're an hour and a half away uh-huh they're going to drive that water in this i don't know two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollar rig and fill my pool you're right it's like, too cheap but it's still it's too, too cheap <laughs> exactly <laughs> and that's another thing we live on is the things that we discover that are way cheaper than they should be yeah you have to take advantage of those yeah. things yeah so, so i think maybe next month that might be our challenge yeah and after these years that's that's i'm thankful that that's our challenge that it's not survival anymore it's, it's not, not survival no 
we have to wrap things up we're well over 30 minutes but we will continue this in the discord server for anyone who wants to keep chatting about it and asking questions of course thank you to our patreon family for helping us get this show out and remember that if you want to be a patreon you will get exclusive merch mailed out every single season like this fun learn morris t-shirt uh if you want to learn morris you should get our t-shirt or our mugs. Our Morse mugs. <laughs> Morse mugs. Super Morse mugs? Morse mugs. Mugs of Morse. Every single mug we sell also has our Morse cheat sheet on the back, which is an easy way to learn it, and even your kids can learn it because that's how we teach our kids Morse code. You will also get pin- printables, ebooks, and more. Uh, today's quote of the day is from a podcast I was listening to today. Uh with wise traditions if you listen to that podcast it was episode 375 it's here's the quote are you ready i'm ready it's amazing in certain parts Quivering of the farming- anticipation i'm sorry seriously do you want me to read it okay it's amazing in certain parts of the farming community the reticence to consider to consider they've been misled about what's necessary and what's possible. We were just talking about yes, that. This is John Moody, the famous food grower, researcher, and author. And he was doing episode 375 of Wide Tra- Wise Traditions. He was talking about setting up your local food buying clubs mm. and the difficulties you have finding producers who will sell you food that's raised without GMOs or on pasture or grass-fed or no sprays and how the local farmers have been so indoctrinated that they tell you, you can't raise an apple without sprays. Tell that to Johnny Appleseed, dude. We can't grow root crops here because with any kind of, of success. Because of the farmers. I think it's a, there's a number of situations. It's because of Monsanto. It's because of Monsanto. But we can grow the most beautiful grapevines mm-hmm. With almost no effort, the vines themselves were cheap. I can grow anything that doesn't grow around here with Monsanto crops. That's true. Yeah, and if it we struggle with corn too around here with Monsanto actually. crops, yeah, I can't grow it because the crazy Pests bugs and the, and the blight and the things yep. that come with that that Monsanto has obviously bred in. Yeah. They, they make us not be able to grow them. So, so, so really, we thank live... you, John Moody, and I would totally recommend the Wise Traditions mm-hmm. podcast if you're looking for something to listen to after this. I'm going to end that off with just a quick anecdote because I forgot about this. We talked about this not too long ago. Uh, we live in this beautiful place where it is theoretically possible to grow amazing crops. But because of commercial farming, nobody here grows amazing crops. Mm-hmm. Everybody grows the worst stuff. Cabbage, potatoes. They grow government subsidized crops. Soybeans. That mostly feed yeah. Chinese animals. The most successful crops we have here are like, I don't know, France, Germany. Yeah. We have tomatoes. Peppers. We have uh, peppers are Cilantro, good. Cilantro. Cilantro is amazing. The basil does incredibly well. Grapes. The, the grapevines I can't go on enough about. Yeah. They're incredible. Asparagus. Mm-hmm. Like all these amazing vegetables that but I would prefer to eat over cabbage and potatoes. Humans. They feed humans. So there's no reason that they couldn't have been doing this here for the last hundred years instead of growing all this garbage. But when government interferes, they find a way to mess it they up. They find a way to mess and it up. And when lazy people 
go with that they mm-hmm. mess it up too you know what it is it's when ang- pe- uh, lazy people get angry about things like that's the same with this whole woke thing yeah this is what they d- would have done 100 years ago there yeah. would have been intelligent farmers that say whoa don't do that and then the mob mm-hmm. easy simpsons reference Mm-hmm. The mob would have said, "No, this is what we're doing," and mm-hmm. now everybody's like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" Yeah. Well, a hundred years ago, woke culture won farming. Yeah. So this and is now where they we're have at. to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. And we're gonna do something different. And it's working. And if you're really doing well. something different, please tag me on Instagram so Let we us can know. be friends. There you go. Because there's no yeah. me here. Okay. <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody, and happy Monday. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>